and I'm stupid and lazy. Hello and welcome to episode number 188 of Grumpy Old Benz for Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where it's so cold in here. Man, I need, I needs me a sweater. And from America's left coast, where I can't complain, but sometimes I still do. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Do you need a sweater out there? No, I need Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh? (laughs) Why? Do you need somebody to play guitar while you sweat? Hey, life's been good to me so far. Yeah, I got him, but you got a Maserati, drive 185, you lost your license, and now you don't drive. You know, that would be that would be even better than sitting in this sweat box. Yeah, I bet you Joe Walsh has air conditioning. I bet he does. He's probably got really good air conditioning. Is he still alive? I think yes. He is. Yeah, Joe's still oh, around. Yeah. Hey, still man. Music? If you would yeah, man, if you would yeah, with a podcast with Joe, man, wow. <laughs> okay maybe not yeah maybe not a podcast it would but be i wouldn't mind a live concert in my living room <laughs> it would be Plus, entertaining. It's not gonna get as listening i i have to put this plug out there because it sounds awesome uh listening to rhino who is going to have a live concert this saturday in his living room with john worthy and the bends i just wanted to throw that out because that sounds amazing people just show up in rhino's living room now yeah it's that, I mean, I can't explain it, but yeah, he's got musicians who just show up in his living room and do live concerts. Now they're like showing up looking for a bar and they're like, where's the bar? Well, no, he no. has a bar there too. So that might be why he just holds up a couple bottles of bourbon. Like, come on in boys. Well, it would work for me. Yeah. That's yeah. You've gone in for less. <laughs> a little bit of bourbon makes everything Bottle better. Bourbon six pack, you know, what, whatever anime titties. That's a different maybe. show. Yeah, that, that's a rare Sorry, encounter that show comes on in a few hours. Yes. Yeah, now the mighty no agenda stream where we do these shows live Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Central, where it's normally a nice, cool day in the uh, upper west side of the country. And today, uh, not so much 90s again, huh? Uh, it's it's warm. Um, I actually thought that for the first time in July, I might try to do a show without mentioning the weather. But uh, but situations have conspired against me. Um, it is currently 83 outside and 82 in the room where I'm sitting. I've got a fan pointed at the microphone. I've got a noise gate working overtime. And by the time we're done with this, I'm probably going to be real grumpy. You, left, you will lose 14 pounds in the uh, recording of this show. But that's okay. I What I do have is I've got my uh, iced tea next to me with your custom recipe. Five of- tea bags. Yeah, put a bunch of tea bags into a large jar of water, let it steep on its own. Well, uh, cost saving, and you know what? That is refreshing as hell in this heat. So yeah, it tastes just as good as the store bought stuff. That's all like, hey, not not processed at all of the stuff you find in your refrigerated section. The store bought stuff, it's really actually become very difficult to find unsweetened iced tea. Yeah, like if I'm on a road trip and I stop in a convenience store. They'll now have an entire case of 800 bottles of 
tea of some kind or another, but every single one of them is loaded with sugar or milk. I'm like, no, why? Uh, here's the ingredients I want. Tea. Can you can you offer me that? And it it like if you're really lucky, then down at the bottom, maybe over in the side of the back, there'll be one that not only says unsweetened, but also you look at the ingredients and it doesn't have, you know, xylitol and sorbitol and pinatol and whatever. Like, no, tea. Can I have tea? Yeah, it's not that complicated, really. Well, it's not that complicated to make, but apparently it's hard to market. It is. And it's that it's hard for it to last on the shelf if you don't add all the preservatives in. Which then makes you wonder why the fresh tea, they're like, yeah, you really kind of want to use that within a week or two. But, you know, the stuff we threw the magical stuff into, heck, it's yeah. in your basement for years. That's fine. Well, that's okay. I'm using uh, city tap water, which has enough fluoride that the stuff I made is going to last years. Oh, well, that's good. It'll keep you alive. <laughs> it's, it keeps me compliant and docile. This is what they want. Can, can you imagine how cranky I'd be without the mind control? Yeah, you should have extra mind control each and every day. Yum. Was part of your uh, anger that the Democrats in the House of Representatives having uh, introduced a bill that would enact term limits for the Supreme Court? I saw that. It wasn't, believe it or not, one of the eight stories that I <laughs> wrote up for today. But go on, explain what's going on. Well, this is because, of course, the Supreme Court has been... Uh, it's been breached by those horrible, horrible people. I mean, one of the quotes which I just loved was uh, from who was this? Uh, uh, Johnson, Hank Johnson of Georgia, representative, said, quote, five of the six conservative justices on the bench were appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. <laughs> so right there, you know where they're going with this. How, how to lie with statistics. Yeah. Yeah. They are now racing to impose their out of touch agenda on the American people who do not want it. It's like, hey, fucktard. Supreme Court justices do not, do not impose any agenda. They don't. Okay, well, they rule I, on you know on whether the laws that are out there are constitutional or not. They should follow the laws as they are written. So here's here's one that I've got. Uh, Elena Kagan, who uh, went to a conference, it doesn't say what. Uh, thanks, writers. Um, but who said Thursday at a conference that the legitimacy of the Supreme Court is tied to its conformity to public opinion. This is a Supreme Court justice who says, I'm not talking about any particular decision or even any particular series of decisions, but if over time the court loses all connection with the public and with the public sentiment, that's a dangerous thing for democracy. She said the thing. Wow. Dangerous for democracy. This, You know what's dangerous for democracy is this retarded woman who does not understand that her job is not to do what public opinion says. Her job is to follow the fucking Constitution. Has she ever read it? No, we, we have two, two of the three branches of the government that are direct elected by the mob rule or, or rather by the Democrats who count the votes who say that it's the mob rule. The court is the one branch that is not elected. It's the only part of the government that is not supposed to bow to the whims of the mob. That's how our republic was designed. So dangerous for democracy. Yeah, way to to decry the court being partisan. Yo, oh, she keeps talking about this. kept talking in their speech about the conservative justices on the court. Yeah, way to whip out a Democrat talking point while 
complaining about partisanship on the court and you don't have a clue what your damn job is. Yeah, well, I mean, there is partisanship on the court because I'll ask anybody to show me once where Sotomayor and maybe Kagan have ever voted against the Democratic Party talking points ever. I'm sure I'm sure they haven't, although I'm you know, I'm even willing to say that's not actually a causal relationship, maybe. But I think it is. When she says shit like, uh, you know, we should not dictate public policy from the bench and uh, and says the court should. uh, uh, Well, they shouldn't dictate. I mean, again, they just rule on what the laws that are out there say. Well, she's complaining that. And and by the way, she didn't specifically name the case, but she was talking about Dobbs because she was definitely bitching about all the conservatives on the court and saying that. The court is now changing public policy by bowing to the whims of the mob. Uh, what, okay, first of all, um, changing public policy, bowing to whims of the mob. That's Congress's job. It is literally the job of Congress, a different branch. You're not in Congress, you retarded cunt. You are in the job of interpreting the laws that were passed by Congress and, more importantly, the, the laws that are supposed to rule Congress, the Constitution. Except she's not doing that. What she wants is is every every single person she talks to absolutely wants to have an abortion tomorrow. And that's the mob that she thinks that the court should be bowing to the whims of. And instead, all these activist conservative justices are are dictating and creating new public policy, except for the fact that they're not. Roe v. Wade was creating public policy objectively. And this is more going back to, yeah, that's not actually the federal government's job, which is kind of, again, what was written up in, oh, I don't know, Article 2, uh, the 10th Amendment, uh, Article 5. Yeah, all the parts of the Constitution that says the federal government should not actually be one monolithic state that controls everything in the entire country. Yeah, she does didn't read those parts. Well, the left wants that because they want to grab control in pl- of places like, you know, the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, you know, Montana. They're not happy if people can't have yeah. abortions where nobody wants them. Which yeah, which is a real problem of of the leftist ideology. They they are not satisfied with, you know, having control over the things that the the people that matter to them or the people who think the same as them. If they're, they they can't have anybody be happy. They are unhappy if anybody else is doing what they want. They must have control over Wyoming. They already have control over California, Illinois, Washington, New York, Oregon, but they can't be happy with just controlling all the Democrats. They must also run the lives of everybody who isn't like them, because if somebody else is living their life without without having the abortions forced on them they then they can't be happy I, okay well it's very I'm concerning a ranty on this one that a supreme court justice thinks their job is to do what the mob rule wants that is the exact opposite she, of what she, any she rational in, person would say uh, there there's there's theoretically three branches of the federal government and i'm talking about the original branches not the current one which, which are like pedos and corruption and it and world economic forum but the original branches uh you know executive legislative and judicial the judicial is the only branch of the federal government that is not actually specifically designed not to be at the whims of the mob 
Right. The well, other two are elected. Right. It is supposed to be separated, which is the reasoning behind the concept that justices do not have an end date on their term. Yes. Because oh, oh, once you're nice in, that. right, you know, well, this is exactly why it's because they're not going to bend to what the public wants. They're going to do their job in the way that it was meant to be done. At least the honest people yeah. will. You, you just nailed it. The whole point is that people on the Supreme Court should not have to. They should not. Ha- they should not be letting political considerations get in the way of what they're doing. And, you know, the ways they do this one, they they hide. They don't make them not elected. Uh, they make it so that they don't have to worry about, you know, pissing off the political elites, because once they're in that position, there's nothing that the executive or Congress can do now. Of course, the Democrats have decided that they want to, uh, you know, do an end run around that by instead sending their their army of of not too bright, but but certainly angry Antifa mobs to go uh, try to firebomb justices houses. I don't think anyone's firebombed it yet, but they've definitely gone outside of the rules of decorum and are like doing shit like preventing them from leaving their driveways now. Well, this is it. When you show up outside of the house of anybody. You are there to intimidate them. You're not there to protest. You're not there to get them a message. There are plenty of ways to do that. Showing up in a mob outside of somebody's house says, we know where you live and we can hurt you. Whether that's what they're saying specifically. You are. And and, and just to be clear there, there's lots of protection around this, these people, but like, we can also hurt everybody that, you know, everybody you care about. This is, this is mob tactics. It is. It, it is it's intimidation. Yeah, you nailed it. Representative Hank Johnson says, quote, term limits are a necessary step towards restoring balance to this radical, unrestrained majority on the court. Uh, that, that's what a one person majority. That's um, what balance are we restoring? And again, if you look at the voting records, I will lay money down right now that you will find the radical liberal justices never ever vary from the party line where the justices that they're talking about here, the ones that were put in by George W and Trump, they've already pissed a lot of Republican conservatives off because they didn't vote the way they wanted them to. See, now you're just bringing in inconvenient statistics. Yes. Facts and statistics. The narrative. They must be hidden. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, uh, what, what, what was the guy's name? Hank, something, the, the guy who introduces bill, what exactly do you, do you have like, what exactly the bill is intending to do? Uh, this was re- uh, representatives, Hank Johnson of Georgia. He introduced the bill along with representatives, Jerry Nadler. Yeah. Oh, yeah of course. David Sicilian Slimeball. of Rhode Island, Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas, Steve Cohen of Tennessee, Karen Bass of California and Ro Khanna. California, those are all the uh, co-sponsors. Basically, what they want to do here is all Democrats. Yeah. Oh, yes. Everyone. There's not one Republican in this bunch. Couldn't find one, I guess. But they want to make this kind of a a round robin thing, which you serve 18 years and then you're moved to another status as a senior justice, which means you still get paid. I mean, which is great. I mean, get paid I, not I to work. I wonder if that 18 years was was calculated precisely to get rid of just the justices they hate. Probably. 
you know, and I don't know how that would be grandfathered into people currently on the court or not, but the whole concept was, well, okay, you get your 18 years, then you are a senior judge, which means you're not voting on anything going on. But then let's just say one of the other justices, you know, gets into a hot tub incident or something and dies. Well, they can bring back the most recent one that was sent to senioritis, you know, so they would always have the right number of the uh, judges on the bench. And the president at this point then would be able to authorize a nomination every two years in the first and third year after a presidential election. This all seems very convoluted, really. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's, here's the reason why I'm confused about this legislation and and what it actually proposes to do. Um, Article three, section one of the constitution, which arguably is more important than any law, no matter how many Democrats jump behind it says that, Judges shall remain in their position so long as they follow good behavior, which was interpreted a very, very, very long time ago to mean you can impeach a Supreme Court justice for bad behavior, whatever that means. But if you don't, then they stay in their position. And there's no law that, you know, the Marbury versus Madison made it very clear very early on that Congress can't just pass laws that invalidate parts of the constitution because they like it, which means it tells me that no matter what these idiots do, unless they can come up with something that Clarence Thomas actually did and do an impeachment and make it stick. And you've seen how much success they've had with Trump on that one. um, They can't get rid of a Supreme court justice. They, so is it just posturing or are they trying to actually do something here? They may not know that it's in the uh, Constitution. And I'll say this, too, about Democrats. So they probably haven't read it. Yes. I'll say this, too, about the Hill, which is doing the reporting on this, is that which is also all Democrats. They do not mention the fact that, you know, they mention here if concerned, if confirmed by the Senate, those individuals would serve a maximum of 18 years, blah, blah, blah. Now, they don't mention the fact that there's some inconvenient text in the Constitution, which means if the house passes it and the Senate passes it and Joey rubber stamps it because his brain is mush and he don't know what he's signing, it still doesn't matter because that goes against the constitution. It's, it's an unconstitutional law and automatically null and void in our system. And the Supreme court will nullify it. Exactly. Ironic. And, and it would probably be a six, three decision amongst the conservative justices. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, the ones who've actually read the freaking constitution. You know, this is what is very inconvenient when people don't understand how our country works. And that's why they don't like the Constitution. It's because it was set up in a way that the rules that they put down and the rights that they guaranteed could not be easily removed by a quick little political whim. Now, now, if Hank Johnson and his cohorts wants to propose a constitutional amendment, they could actually get this through. But good freaking luck. Yes. The bar to getting that done is not fortunately very, very high. Yeah. You can't just do it on on the whims of 51 percent of the people who are have been mind washed to your ideology or, you know, actually, I don't even think it's 51. I think it's more like 45 percent plus a whole lot of of illegals and dead people and uh, stuffed ballot boxes. But that's well, this makes it so the power of the states that have 
the major cities, which include beautiful Illinois, California, New York, they don't get to bully Wyoming and, you know, all these other states that have Montana. Yeah. Yeah. The low population states, you still get a voice and you need 75% of the states, I think, to agree to anything. Yes. And that's a little tougher to do. There's still a few pending constitutional amendments that just haven't had enough states ratify them yet. We're like, we're just waiting. It'll come through any day now. Well, actually, uh, the was it was it the 27th Amendment, which I mean, it was ratified 30 something years ago. I don't remember exactly, but was one of those that had been on the books for a long time. It was passed by Congress back in the 60s or 70s or earlier. And finally, the last state ratified it and boom, suddenly it's in the Constitution. That happened. But constitutional amendments are not something that happens very often in uh, in 250 plus years. We've had uh, 27 of them and the first 10 all kind of came at once. So and for what they are pushing in this bill, cold acid says it would affect the current sitting judges by the order of which they were appointed. So, yeah, you're, you're right. They're probably like, who's been here the longest? Oh, yeah, we yeah. don't like them. So let's uh, let's cycle them out. This is like having a game of volleyball when you were in school. Let's just. We'll, we'll rotate through the people on the on the court. Well, more importantly, um, having stumbled onto the formula of we can hold the presidency and Congress as long as we keep fixing votes and cheating and and stuffing ballot boxes. They've determined that what they really want is for all of the old people who've been in there who remember back when at least there was some honesty in Washington, D.C. to be swept out so that the deep state who are all corrupt Democrats, the uh, the White House, which is run by corrupt Democrats, Congress, which is all corrupt Democrats, um, all of the ballot counting boxes, which are all run by Democrats being fed money from Mark Zuckerberg. They've stumbled onto the formula of how do we keep Democrats in forever and screw what the public thinks? And so to that end, they'd really like to just get rid of all the old so they can start bringing in new with, you know, once they've, once they've conquered two of the branches, they, they can get the third. Well, they can start bringing in some safe spaces with them and everybody will be happy. And that might've been a lot of hyperbole in that rant, but the, the, there is, I am still, you know, it's two been two years almost. And I am still really fucking steamed about the, the stuffed ballot boxes and the cheating and the fact that nobody in Washington, DC, all the people who supposedly work for the public, nobody really seems to give a crap that, um, yeah, our entire foundation of government by the people is crumbling because the people no longer have confidence that the people that we vote for are, who's actually getting elected. Right. And, and that is, that is exactly that is existential. If, if you want something that will destroy our democracy, even though it's a Republic, that's it. It's it's the losing confidence in voting because because these people are cheating and when they got caught they're not even willing to acknowledge it or say anything about it and everybody's like um they just did the uh, yeah. Well there's a very interesting, you know, point to all of this. Kind of a uh, Schrodinger's cat thing, which is is it better to just, you know, think that the election was fixed or is it better to know? You know, which is more dangerous to the democracy? Because at the point we're at, nobody wants to admit it on either side, because I think you're absolutely right. They realize, at least the people with a little bit of common sense, that, you know, even if you have to give up one election in this case and fix the stuff, you know, in the background, whatever, 
that to admit that the elections are that flawed would cause a panic. But the the rumor is already spreading. We you know, we've shut it up on in the mainstream news because the mainstream news is now an arm of the Democrat Party. Um, We've shut it up on social media because the social media censors are an arm of the Democrat Party. Um, But you can't stop an idea and it's getting out by word of mouth. And at this point, uh, the last poll I saw said something like 65 percent of the country think that Biden is not a legitimate president. Well, I mean, forget about him, whether he was elected or not. The guy just is not a legitimate president. There is that. (laughs) He's more like, a you know, a lump. I guess what I'm saying is that at what point does the the persistent rumor and, you know, the fact that they won't even talk about it, they're they're not even coming out. And there there has been there has never been one shred of evidence offered to counteract the mounting evidence of election fraud. They just come out and, you know, using the the appeal to authority, somebody who has been appointed to a position and therefore we're supposed to respect them because they have a fancy authoritarian title in their name comes out and says, no, this is, there was no election fraud. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And, and that's it. There's no evidence offered. There's no convincing. It's just shut up about it. We don't want to hear your evidence or your statistics or your analysis or your proof. We just want you to pretend like we were totally legit. And you can't stop that forever. It's growing. The American public are going to reach a point where there is zero confidence in in the election process. And at that point, it doesn't matter whether there's proof or not. It doesn't matter whether they admit to it or not. Um, the system crumbles if we don't get back to a, a, a state where people believe that the people that that the majority votes for are the people who are put into position. If people don't believe that we don't have a government by the people and sitting there just refusing to acknowledge it, the problem is just going to keep getting worse. And I think a lot of them are just standing there going, I really hope that I can get until my retirement with my millions of dollars of corrupt funds so that I can just kick the can down the road. Well, yeah, well, What people want is transparency in the government and in elections. Yes. And at this point, I also want less government, but I settle for knowing what the hell is going on. Correct. That that would be nice to be able to say, okay, yeah, you know what? uh, If there were questions, we're able to have a, you know, in most cases, you look for a, you know, non-interested third party to you know, do the stats or whatever. And I don't know if we have that or if that's even possible at this point. Uh, But right now, I think most people realize that nobody's ever going to look into now. Maybe, maybe if Donald Trump somehow gets reelected here in two and a half years, he could put a special prosecutor out there and investigate the 2020 election. But do you think he can? He was president for four years and every government agency that he put in charge of stuff was working against him covertly. This is also the issue. This is also the issue because then the people that you have there aren't doing the job. I mean, you would have to somehow try to get outside of the swamp or whatever you want to call it to have somebody doing this job. It's really kind of mind blowing to me that he had plenty of time between the election 
And the moment Joe Biden took office, he had plenty of time to put a prosecutor on this case, to put an investigator on this case. And he didn't. I don't know why. Maybe he really didn't think that he had enough evidence. Maybe. I don't know. Instead, he was plotting an insurrection, obviously. Yeah, even though more and more information is coming out about that, that he was like, no, we need to have security. We don't, you know, we want this to be peaceful. Uh, the amount of times it was requested, even the, uh, the, the latest thing that came out was the, uh, the guy from somewhere in the, I don't remember who it is now. I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a senior moment, but also the guy requested that they have the National Guard come in. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of, DC were like, no, we don't for, no, that, for January that get 6th. in the way of the false flag event we're trying to stage, which is why nobody's talking to this guy. This whole January 6th farce bullshit is nothing more than a dog and pony show because they're not bringing in the people when your most bombshell it, evidence it, it is. It is, in fact, more than a dog and pony show, as long as there are still hundreds of people whose constitutional rights are being violated by being held without trial. In a deep, dark government gulag, the kind of stuff that a free country should never have, then it's more than a dog and pony show. They are completely destroying the rights of people and the lives of people who were there because it's politically convenient. I don't. Right. It's all to get Donald Trump. This is all the only reason those people are in jail is because they want to pin this on Donald Trump being. Being a pathological liar who expends corruption for the purpose of getting your husband wealthy, that's one thing. But then going out and destroying people because you just need the political narrative to keep going and like holding people with no bail, no trial. They they don't even get to see sunlight as far as I'm concerned. That that's not a piece of information that I can confirm, but I'm now officially starting the rumor that they're stuck in a deep dark hole 24/7 in the dark, no lights, no electricity, no food, no water. In fact, they're dead and they're still having their rights trampled. Well, in the farce that these uh these lawmakers, and that's just I, I could use a lot of worse terms for them are doing are not to go after anybody on the ground that did anything. This is all about Donald Trump, which is why the Cassidy Hutchins, I think her name was the big bombshell witness who just came to talk hearsay. Oh, somebody told me this happened, that Donald Trump pushed this guy and grabbed the steering wheel and said, take me to the Capitol. Well, why didn't you get the guy that she was quoting? I mean, this is hilarious. This would never in a normal court. If somebody went in and like, well, Jimmy Bob told me that he did this. Well, you can't. That's not evidence. It's not a normal court. Well, true. This is not a normal court at all. It's 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 a a made for TV melodrama. Yeah, but Justice Kagan would love it, as would a Sotomayor. Yeah, well, Justice Kagan needs to go like brush up on what exactly her job is and then maybe read the Constitution once. But this is the only way you're ever going to get any kind of relief would be to have a real investigation into what happened. I still believe that, yeah, there were improprieties, but I believe that sadly the left was smart enough to use loopholes and legal you know, the whole Zuckerbucks thing, all the money that came from Mark Zuckerberg, where it went into the ballot harvesting with all of the at home ballots because of covid. I don't believe 
that there was a massive amount of corruption that was just out and out against the law. But I think they used every little loophole they could. And there may I, be. I believe they used every legal loophole they could. And then they realized that their demented zombie who hid in a basement and didn't campaign for the entire election season was still going to lose even after they exploited their legal loopholes. And that's when they brought out the out and out corruption. I it's possible. It is, I mean, but we need the evidence. And the only way you're going to get that is to have a real investigation. And do you think the odds of that, even if you get another no, Trump I, presidency, will ever happen? Well, for one thing, I think that they've destroyed most of the the damning evidence. Well, if they were the smart. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing that a lot of people would accept is is, you know, if there's somebody who comes out and admits to it or, you know, like if somebody could get a computer memory dump of the Dominion machines and find the code. But of course, they've destroyed that code. Why the hell would you keep it? Well, because that's proprietary evidence. Anyway. Yeah, just keep it on the, the email server in Hillary's basement. I thought that was in Ukraine. Or is that just where it's backed up to? It's her summer home basement. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hillary had t- <laughs> spending a few months over in Ukraine out there being a freedom fighter. Right. Or whatever she's doing. I also doing. brought some technology stories. Wow, wait, is this a tech show? Not really. Let me, let <laughs> it me get sounds it. like we were just, it sounds like a far right wing political bitch fest. Oh. I think people which, like which that. Which admittedly is a, is a pretty popular genre of podcasts. And if we just stuck to that, we might have more listeners. We might have at least three people that like the show. <sighs> you mean other than Cold Acid and Abel Kirby? Right. Does Abel Kirby yeah. actually listen? I thought just Cold Acid does. I actually don't know. I, I, I imagine so. And I'm choosing. But, you know, these people, they're like, oh, my job is more important than listening to Grumpy Old Ben's live. Yeah, I know. What the hell is that all about? I don't know. Like the people in their silly jobs. What's wrong with you people? Anyway, put your earbuds in, kick back and get ready for a grump fest. So I could complain about Netflix. Oh, again, because I'm good at that. I could complain about Hulu. So, I mean, there's a lot of that going around. Well, do you want to you want to complain about Hulu first? I guess it'll just take a second. There was there was two. Well, there was a story about three or four days ago, which kind of surprised me. Because it was all about the fact that Hulu, which does run ads on their non-premium Hulu, they run ads. But for whatever reason, Hulu was denying the radical left from buying ads about guns and abortion and all this other stuff. Oh, those horrible right wing. Oh, I know. Right. Uh, That was. I don't know. I don't know. And it was like two or three days after I saw that story was. Hulu cave. They're now taking all those ads from the Democrats. Um, yeah, but it's like, I think, you know, uh, people don't want to, I think people are so overloaded with this crap that that will have them running from Hulu because I don't think, you know, if you're just turning on whatever it is, you're watching, you know, the brain dead, uh, sitcoms that you're watching on Hulu just to kill some time, you know, do you really want political ads? I, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, no, people don't want political ads, but that's not really a bombshell there. No. It's a special case of the thing that you don't really get these big networks telling their marketing partners. And that is people don't want ads. Oh, at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they will do anything they can to avoid said ads. Yeah. that That's another one of those inconvenient pieces of information that an entire industry is built around ignoring. 
People don't want ads. I spent a few years between my watching baseball and then getting back into NASCAR where I hadn't watched any live sports, which is great because then I never saw ads. Now, when you watch live sports, you're going to get ads. And it yeah. is. It's annoying. I, I, I mean, I don't watch live sports on TV these days, but the one live baseball game I went to where it was actually live because I was actually in the stadium. I don't even know that I could count how many ads I was subjected to while I was in the stadium, just on every board all around, all of the billboards everywhere, the permanent ones. Those are the low cost ones that it'll last forever. The, the, you flashy thing that, you know, they'd have the big flashy, uh, in between innings. They'd have the, the, the scoreboard. I, I don't know if you're well, um, on, on the, the giant screen, the one that's like, you the know, jumbotron. Feet, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the megatron. They, do they have in 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 live games? Did you ever have the hovercraft races? That's we. That's a big thing in Seattle. No, but I have not been. I mean, I've been to one okay. live game in like the last six years. So the, the the hovercraft races in between innings in Seattle is is a huge thing. And what they really do is they've created what is effectively a computer simulation of three hovercrafts, like red, green, and yellow, or something, who go through this simulated three D course with graphics straight out of two thousand six. And oh, so you programmed it. And no, I know my graphics are out of 1993. Oh, those but, would be even more retro. Yeah. Um, and, and they go around and, and as if they're not just playing a video, everybody in the whole stadium jumps up, yay, and shouts and, and roots on their cars. And at the end or their hovercraft, whatever it could be cars. But in the end, one of the colors wins. And then they show a leaderboard over the course of the entire season. You know, once per game, they run this race and they show a board of red won 36 times and yellow run won 32 times. And like, it's a huge thing. And do you win and something? That race, huh? Do you win no, something? Of course not. Well, see, not. at least the here thing. that we had a winning thing, like whatever it was, they handed you little advertisements coming in, of course. You I don't know. know I, I, I'm not certain they might have like they might have done the thing where they went to a random section and picked out a fan stuck a camera in his face and said, which right. one do you think will win? If you could choose correctly, we'll give you, you know, a $50 gift certificate toward stadium food, which is like a hot dog and a beer. No, that's, that's just like a half a beer. Yeah. And then you pay the rest. But, of course, 50% off is still 50% but off. The thing is the, okay, it's fine. The race, it's like entertainment for people while the, the grounds crew are down doing their thing. And in between, that's fine. It, it's entertainment. It's a little annoying to me, just how, incredibly excited like the the crowd gets more excited and cheers more for this stupid video of 2006 graphics hovercrafts bouncing around a course than they do for the baseball game on the field in front of them that was a little annoying does that say that something way. about the mariners <laughs> maybe. maybe it does <laughs> I, I, you know what that's probably it but the reason i brought it up is because immediately after the the blue hovercraft or whichever one goes through and wins and everybody jumps up and shouts you look and of course inside the video there's sponsorships bud light and and safeco insurance all over the track they, they've got to have a ton of ad space inside of this virtual computer generated course and then when the hovercrafts are cleared from the screen they just cut to a freaking advertisement like you'd see on tv i don't even remember what the brand is so i guess it didn't work but it was like a 30 second ad spot that they just play in between innings. Are you losing your ability to hold in your pee? Depend <laughs> here at Safeco field. 
you know, come for a free sample. I think it's called T-Mobile Park now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Safeco, their their sponsorship ran out. And now another corporation has jumped on that. Hey, there's a lot of money in them, their names. Anyway. Okay. That was, that was a long story about, no, nobody wants to see ads. No, but okay. What about uh, Netflix? What's going on with Netflix? Oh, what about Netflix? Um, what about well, Netflix? Uh, you, you heard that Netflix is, uh, well, I, I've, a theme that I've said on Angry Tech News a few times is that Netflix is going into a death spiral. And the death spiral is uh, what happens to a company when their product quality goes down and they start to lose users. And then in order to make up the budget shortfall from their lost users, they start charging more and they cut corners on their quality. And that causes them to lose more users. That's the death spiral. Is it's It's hard to get out of it for a company. If your product starts to suck, and I'm not even I'm not even here today to rant about Netflix's quality, uh, content quality. Although you could actually, actually, I am, but that's the next story. Um, either way, they are continuing their death spiral. Their current plan, which is going into effect soon in the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, Argentina, and Honduras, but you can expect it to be coming to all Netflix as soon as they think they can swing it. Um, is that uh, they are going to charge an extra home fee of $3 per household when they detect that somebody is logging into Netflix from multiple locations, multiple households. Um, they say that uh, users can watch Netflix on your laptop or mobile device while traveling and watch Netflix on a TV outside your home for up to two weeks, as long as your account has not been previously used in that location. This is allowed once per location per year. Outside of that, if they detect that you're logging in from two different houses, VPNs, uh-huh. they're going to charge you $3 more. Which is interesting because I have a story about VPNs and uh, geo-complying. So this goes right with this. And, and oh, by the way, they're, uh, um, they're pay, the same page that had that quote on it also pointed out uh, that after the two-week grace period, the TV will be blocked unless you add the extra home to your account. Um, because of course they can't just start charging you extra money. They're not your cable company, but, um, yeah. Well, and the sentence about they blocked, it has been removed from their page, but you know, they meant it. Well, yeah. And this is the stuff that they don't consider is that people are constantly on the move. Now it's not just sitting at home and watching Netflix. It's not like people only watch that content on a big screen at home. I mean, I know for a fact that my wife on her lunch break watches something on her phone and it's like, well, is that that's a different address, but that's not another home. Well, when this project or when this program comes to the United States, you're well, you might be asked to pay an extra three dollars per or per month on your bill. Bringing this to another location. Well, this is where a lot of people will start doing tutorials on how to VPN into your home router from wherever you are. And then give it to a hundred friends so you can all watch Netflix. Uh, yeah, with that I, big pipe. Um, oh, okay. So uh, going on to other Netflix news, uh, they they did have their earnings announcement recently, where they are they have confirmed that an ad supported tier um, and account sharing plans, which means you pay extra money to share accounts instead of the way you have now, where there's an account sharing plan you don't pay extra for, uh, are coming in 2023. You know, I get that. You can charge a little bit more if you're talking the difference of, hey, 
I'm single. I live it. Lo- I live alone. And I only, there's only one person ever watching anything as, Hey, there's a mom and a dad. There's three kids and a dog and everybody wants to watch something different at the same time. I understand paying a little bit extra for that kind of a plan. Don't know how much, what that is, but you can't start treating it like, well, everybody needs their own subscription. Otherwise you're going to just have more and more people canceling. And the biggest problem, you know, again, people will figure out the whole VPN thing, Netflix and other uh, entities like that are looking at ways of blocking that. But uh, the problem with Netflix is they used to be the streaming service, literally the streaming service. Yeah. They have fallen so far that I have a really hard time finding anything to watch when you look at what's on Netflix. I have a really hard time looking to find something on Hulu. I've really, you know, except for the new TV when it comes out the day after on Hulu for Netflix, there's just not enough content. It's all been yeah. too diluted. Well, and, and it's uh, two thirds of their, you know, they're, they're losing deals left and right. I announced a couple of weeks ago that I was done with Netflix because they dropped star Trek and that's important to me. And so no Netflix. For, in fact, by the way, little piece of, of what could be considered good news. I finally managed to convince my wife that we don't need Netflix. We have, officially saved uh what like $17 a month because we do not have that service anymore. I, I I thought it'd be harder to cancel but we don't have it. But not if you have a NAS and a way to been, download. They've been dropping all of their uh all of their deals for third-party content probably because it's very expensive and Netflix is in a death spiral they have to cut costs. So they're dropping deals for the content from people that are not exclusive to Netflix. And that would be fine if they were able to transfer transition to a company that does nothing but originals, but two thirds of their originals are steaming hot piles of woke garbage. And oh, and that's not what you want. That's not actually what I'm interested in. No, like it is. I mean, it got to the point for a while. And I think I've mentioned this, that when I was browsing for just something to watch, if it came out in 2020, 2021, or 2022, I'd just give it a pass. I didn't care what it was because I knew that it, it would be trying to give me, it would be trying to sell me on some kind of a, a narrative. It would be trying to brainwash me. It would be a teaching me a, a social lesson about how Republicans are terrible or uh, at the very least, every single movie that came out in 2022. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. Um, the, the bad guy is a white dude. Always good guy is black. Um, usually female. Uh, the one who kicks the most ass is uh, a spunky female. Um, there's always the, the other multiculti person like it's formulaic and I'm not against the idea of seeing multiculturalism, but when I start recognizing the formula in every single movie, it's like, I don't need to see any more of these movies. I've seen it before. And you guys are just stamping them out. Like we have to, you know, we got a checkbox. Oh, I'm sorry. We, you know, we can't have this script. We can't film that at all because the bad guy is female or, or because, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this week, uh, Italians are not white, but they will be next week. And then you can make your movie or something. It, when when that kind of of committee by diversity group becomes the planning committee for your movies, I don't want to watch your movies anymore. They suck. 
because anything that doesn't have problematic content now is uh, the only thing they'll make. Really, that's it. And the problem with that is you no longer get to tell the stories of the perverted and depraved and the bad. How do you even tell that story? Because they won't because it's horrible. How do you make a movie about the you can't even make a movie about the angry white racist because that's a racist movie that somehow, you know, I mean, that's what doesn't make sense. It's like because you're depicting something hit piece, right, does not mean that you endorse it. Because you're making a movie about something. You, you can make that movie if it's a hit piece and you're angry, right? Angry white racist is Donald Trump. Then you can make it. In I, fact, I think Netflix has at least three documentaries that are hit pieces on Trump. Allow me to read to you what you see at the beginning of the Tom and Jerry set on the disc. Each disc has a disclaimer on them that comes up on your screen with a nice little Starbucks behind it that says, some of the cartoons you are about to see are a product of their time. Wow, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, their their time being my childhood, thanks. <laughs> they may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions oh. were wrong then and are wrong today. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, some of these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. Now give them half a half point on this one, which is they didn't edit those episodes, make them go away, never see them again. Well, that's good. But this is the first step towards that, I think. But at least this is one step of saying, hey, we're still going to show you this because it's uh, important to know the history. It's important to know where we came from on the topic of editing episodes. I have another story from Netflix no. and, and actually this is another canard that I absolutely love railing about on angry tech news, but I'm bringing it here. And that is, well, I mean, that's updates. probably because there's only one angry tech news a month now. Yeah, there is. And so I've heard but, you have more time here, ones. right? They're good ones. No, they're one boiled yesterday. down like a roux. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, uh, I yeah, I, I went live with my latest one yesterday uh, because I needed to force myself on a timetable, and there's no better timetable than needing to be live. Um, and after what felt like talking for 40 minutes straight without taking a breath, I ended up with 23 minutes of audio, so it just felt like 40 <laughs> minutes. That's how it is. That's the joy. That's why you have to really no. appreciate the guys that can go solo and do so- this on the radio daily. There was an episode in Stranger Things season four uh, where they made a there. There was a plot point in the episode that it was set in 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 the show on March 22nd. That was the date. And a bunch of fans having watched that suddenly jumped out and said, hey, but back here in season two or season one or whatever, you established that this character's birthday was March 22nd. You never even mentioned that he was having a birthday in that episode. And the writers are like, shit, we forgot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big flub from your writing staff and somebody really needs to be slapped for that because it's the kind of thing you should probably know, but mistakes are made. But the beautiful thing is now that we are in the era of automatic updates and all digital libraries are stored in the cloud where they're easily editable they don't have to live with that mistake. The producers are going back and changing the scenes in the already released episode to acknowledge the kid's birthday. <laughs> that is fantastic. 
and scary. It's it's just I I don't like the trend. I didn't like the trend you know, 15 years ago when it Star came Wars to gaming. How about Star, yeah, Star Wars? War. Yeah, actually, the the article that I read this in um, said that it was getting the George Lucas treatment. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> and, you know, and but I, it's not. I it, get it, part of it. And automatic updates have been a thing in gaming, a thing in software for a long time. And I don't want it in my TV shows because you know what? You, you know what? Going back and updating that is you can say, oh, we're just making it better. We're yeah, but yeah, you know, what George Lucas did now. Fuck 20 years ago with the when he, he remastered Star Wars. You know what that is? It's gaslighting. It's it's you are intentionally causing a Mandela effect. You are fucking with people's memories and changing the thing that they remember. And yes, if, if we can't watch an episode and remember how it goes and because it's been changed. I, oh, well, this will cause people to have aneurysms. I, yeah. Especially like the autistic fanboys who memorize every word are going to lose their minds. And it's going to be whole, whole new industries of therapy for, I remembered this show being like that. Yes. I remember something totally different. And then the reality Unshot was changed first. Uh huh. Oh yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> that is a big one. That is a big one. But the uh, the Peacock streaming service, which, of course, owned by Xfinity Netflix, they have expanded editions of Office episodes. So I guess where they had extra footage that was cut, they have re-released a bunch of these episodes with minutes of extra footage. And I have to say, I don't like it. it for that reason alone, it's very weird to be like, no, no, that's not how I remember that episode going. Yeah. If you would have never seen the original, maybe it's okay to watch those, but it just seems it, it, there's a very weird vibe well, to I think it. That's I think that's the trick entirely. For example, there are millennials and Zoomers who never watched Star Wars: A New Hope in the theater. Actually, I didn't either. It came out six months before I was born, but but I, I did saw watch the Return theaters. of the Jedi yep. in the theater. And there, there, like, there are a bunch of people who never saw them. Their first introduction to Star Wars was the the Sesame Street versions that George Lucas did when he decided that it was too edgy for Han to be a frontier mercenary. The reworked version, the new Jabba the Hutt, all the uh the the added little uh the weirdness that they added too, which is you know what the um you know George R. Uh-huh. I mean there was just a bunch of weird little things added in, although added into you know once they re-edited the originals. But yeah Jar Jar Binks adding that to the series uh was uh Oh, Miso don't like no rare encounter, no. Right. No, he actually he seems like so, he would like rare encounter. But you did remind me though, there is something that has kind of sort of been like gaslighting where you'll go back and change something. Um the director's cuts have been around for a while where a director right. will take the footage that was already filmed and re-edit it somehow in order to make it closer to what the director wanted and less what the studio wanted. But there's a huge difference and that is uh, first of all, you know, unlike George Lucas, you don't make the originals unavailable. You know, once once you release a director's cut of a movie, there's the original studio release and there's the director's cut. And you can decide which one you like. And the director's cut is almost always better. But sometimes, sometimes the faceless studio execs were right. If has that ever happened? No, it's usually just we need to we need okay. to get this in and out in 90 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, usually it's it's we've got a time constraint because our theater partners don't want to have to rearrange their filming schedule. And then we'll want to play it on. Remember, they used to play them on free TV with commercials those days. Yeah. So 
I, I guess what I'm saying is um, it's fine to release an updated version of something, but don't make the other one unavailable. And and more importantly, it, it brings to me the, the same problem that I've had with digital libraries everywhere, which is um, Stranger Things is... Is Stranger Things even available on, uh, what, what do they use these days, DVD somehow? Do, can, can you download it or can you only get it from Netflix? I believe it's only a Netflix thing, but I could be wrong. So, so what that means is that once they change the episode in the Netflix database, it's impossible to go back and get the original. You might not try to remember a character's birthday, not particularly egregious edit, but you can never go back and see the original. You can never go back and do an A-B test and find out what they changed. They do they, offer them on uh, Blu-ray and DVD. So there's uh, the originals, okay. I guess. Well, then then the Blu-ray of season four is going to be a classic because it has the original Netflix vision of it and not the terrible one that the producers, you know, renamed and gaslighted you for. If they didn't catch it soon enough. Yeah. Well, this is the uh, the problem with them updating textbooks on the fly too which is you get the liberals in there to rewrite history and uh then all the history just disappears paper books are the way to go i'm just saying there are real psychological effects of gaslighting people of of going and changing the way they remember and you know people will always say oh mandela effect because you know you just remember it wrong because people tell you that yeah well it's not the mandela effect if it really was like that and then you erased all uh, evidence that it was like that. Well, that's just to drive people insane. So they will, you know, start taking your, uh, taking your drugs that they want you to take. Hey, you need that memory booster. Come get a little of that. It's working. I'm insane. <laughs> I don't know if that was caused by that, but it's, it's a possible, <laughs> uh, contributing factor, but it uh, is, I mean, they should at least, uh, have a, an ex, you know, like we have this for Tom and Jerry, they should have something that pops up like, Hey, this is an edited version of a show that, you know, this episode yeah. has had additions or have it, you know, where you can do both. You can decide which one you want to, uh, it's like the disclaimer that pops up over when the, the DVD re-release of all of the really older eighties and nineties shows where right at the beginning, it says, you know, this content has been edited to fit your screen. Right. Which, which just means they did pan scan on it, which is generally fine. I mean, you, you lose some of the stuff in the periphery, but there's not a lot of shows that took advantage of that. But that disclaimer was on everything because they had to convert from the four, three format that everything was originally in to the 16, nine format that every screen is now. Well, we need to adjust it to fit your set. Do not adjust your sets. We are in control. Do not do not adjust your vertical or horizontal. Yeah, we hey, we are in control. Take it. Yes. The rewriting of everything is, you know, the Internet has not made that any better. I mean, except for being able to uh, keep an archive of so many things. But this is allowed for these things to happen nearly instantly. So, you know, I don't know. Is it is it a. Uh, is it a cultural phenomenon? Do people even care that? Oh, no, this was just an update. We want updates. There's a lot of people like I want the updates. Everything wanted updated. Got to have the newest phone, oh. man. My phone's more than six weeks old. I got to get me a new one. And, and software is leading the charge where if, if you haven't had an automatic update in the last 48 hours, then your software is probably out of date and you're probably vulnerable to some kind of new hack. I mean, to be fair, I had an article uh, 
for today's show that talked about the fact that most exploits when they're released publicly uh, have uh, internet machines looking for them within 15 minutes. The pings have already started looking oh, for, no doubt. you know, so it's like, I get it for the, for security updates. I get it way more than, Oh no, we made a mistake in a TV show. When, when we were developing XP service pack three, uh, we took and, uh, we did a like we in the test team and it wasn't wasn't me but it was some of the testers i know decided to just find out um took a, a copy of xp gold no service pack at all windows xp um installed it on a computer that had an internet connection and before we could log in for the first time <laughs> there was already malware on it damn you need some good av and, and, and and by the way, that is also before it had a Windows update had a chance to go download patches. Now, it's not that bad now. And that's why you you slipstream the service packs into the install media. But I mean, Whoa. that's kind of what what the Internet was. That was what the Internet was like back in, in 2006. It's not got better. No, it has not gotten better. And another one of the articles I had pulled out is now the prevalence of the malware that is hanging out in your, uh, in your bios, which makes it a lot more fun too. I read that one. That was, that was, yeah. Cause it doesn't matter what you do that. It's I mean, a scary place to hide. And yeah, your option to clip, by the way, to clean it, your option is go get a new motherboard. Yeah, pretty much take thermite <laughs> to the old motherboard, get a new motherboard and, uh, and that'll do and, it. And hope that it's not on your hard drive to reinfect. Right. Well, that's it because they lot the persistence is the key for a lot of the uh a lot of the malware but i thought this was interesting uh the article about geo comply which is all of the rage now because people like netflix are mad that people are watching from multiple locations and vpn services change this meaning i mean i don't even understand why that if i go to uk netflix as opposed to us netflix as opposed to india netflix they all have different shows Be, because movie industry deals yeah and if people want to watch different ones you can go there if you have a vpn that knows how to uh that knows how to do the workaround and and because we we the public the users are on the receiving end of some awful business practices that have continued since the 1980s of region locking content because the big studios still seem to think that, you know, for opt for maximizing profit, we should release on this date in this country and this date in this country and this date in this country. And they never got the memo that the internet is global. And so Netflix signs deals with these companies, signs a contract that says we have to region lock. And then they're like, shit, how do we, how do we enforce that contract? I know. Let's go ahead and, and screw people who have the wrong IP address. Right. Now, what I thought was interesting was the little bit hidden in this article on uh, Torrent Freak, not really hidden, but the path that I was not aware of was that a lot of these free VPN providers, you know, we always said that, you know, if you had a free VPN, they were selling your data and you were the product. It's even worse. They're using your connection. It usually is. Yeah but they're using your connection as an endpoint. You don't say, which it's like, it's great because you know, the Holy grail when it comes to VPN services 
is to have your shit look like it's coming from a residential address, not from a, uh, you know, not yeah. from a server. Which is actually great when you're a, a home VPN user who's trying to get around some kind of censorship. But botnets also use that. Well, this was what that device, which went bankrupt, which I was kind of mad because yeah. that was a great device. The Winston piracy thing. Winston, that's what it was called. I was about to ask you about that and I couldn't remember the name. And it was great. It worked really, really well because you opted in and you knew what was going on. And they were smart enough to go, if this is streaming video, we won't put it over that network. So it was only web browsing and stuff like that. So it wasn't for big downloads. So it didn't take a bunch of the bandwidth. Yeah. But the reality was still, if somebody used your IP address to send an angry, threatening letter to the White House, then you're going to be getting a knock on your door. But well, it, that's a problem when it's an isolated case and the Secret Service is like this angry letter came from, you know, this one house in Mokina and we're going to go knock. But when it's tens of thousands of people all doing the same thing and god knows there's no shortage of people who are angry enough to write threats to the white house these days uh then they can't do anything at some point it becomes normalized which is maybe how we need to where we need to get to well that was one of the selling points for winston which was if you actually had that problem or if you had you know the authorities show up you're like i got one of these devices this is how it works i have no idea who is using my connection because it's not illegal to let other people use your connection. It could just be very inconvenient when the three letter agency shows up. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal of, of VPNs and a lot of this stuff, like the place where I still think we need to get to is for all of these government bureaucrats and agencies and content companies to finally let go of this ridiculous, persistent idea that an IP address determines physical location. Right, because it certainly does not. And a lot of these, there was an article I had pulled too of Japan now, which if you insult somebody online in Japan, you can do jail time. And I'm just catch you. I'm just right. This is it. This is exactly. It's like what what are the people in Japan dumb? They don't know how to bounce their IP address out of this you know country, and then you're fine. But this all to me comes down to. The same concept as the Netflix trying to geoblock everything, trying to have a law in a country like Japan going, well, you know, if you insult somebody online, you can go to jail. You do realize the Internet is not just in Japan, right? So you can't really yeah. enforce this law. And, and, and the, the discussion about IPs not connecting well to physical location is one that I remember having in 1997. It, well, you are this, old. I know. Well, I was I was doing network administration in 1997 for my fraternity house. <laughs> Free beer. <laughs> there was that. There that, you go. That actually was. I said, uh, you know, my my try. If if I need to come to your computer and make your network work, then you owe me a 12 pack of beer. That seems fair. And, and, and I I drink a lot of beer. Nobody is surprised by that. Nobody at all. Nobody listening. Is, no, is that sure still is that still the price for a, a tech visit? just has to be better no. beer. No, no. Now it's a tank of gas. <laughs> well, nobody can afford that. Exactly. I don't have to worry too much about fixing other people's computers. These yeah. Days. Yeah. It's all remote work, man. Nobody has to go out. It's remote work. Yes. So, uh, 
Zuck wants to ban the leap second. Ooh, why is it not convenient for his system? Exactly. Um, so that's you enough. Know what a, you know what a leap second is, do you? Well, I know what a leap year is. So I'm assuming the leap second is about so, the same concept. I, it's sort of, except it's it's a lot less deterministic. So, as you may be aware, um, there's a lot of of mathematical things that we have that you know with mathematical precision that are supposed to correspond to things like uh like eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in a day is uh, you know the Earth does not spin with perfect precision with that much uh, that many you know digits of precision so it's you know the the whole point to leap years is that it turns out that the actual time is about 86,400 and a quarter give or take or you know what so that's why leap years exist but the other problem is that as tiny tiny things change i mean not not that tiny but like uh you know a jungle being cleared could change the uh the angular momentum of the earth and make it spin faster or slower and we have to account for that with astronomical measurements so leap seconds are at the end of a year usually but every once in a while uh whoever's in charge of utc time will put in or or remove one extra second into the year and this is built into the definition of utc which is kind of the time scale that everyone uses and so uh the the problem is that because because it doesn't happen on a particularly mathematical periodical system you can't predict it. The only thing they can do is announce, be like, they'll, it'll be January and they'll say this December, we're going to add one leap second to the end of Je- December 31st. And that means that on December 31st, uh, the timestamp that comes after 2359.59 will be 2359.60. And the, you, you have to code for each of these separately because you don't know when they're going to come. And more importantly, programmers are stupid and lazy. I can say that because I am one and I'm stupid and lazy, but nobody who writes a date time library tends to think about unless, unless you've either been burned by this or are really staring hard at the spec, the, the vast majority of people will never build a data structure that can hold a second value of 60 instead of 59. Or, you know, it is even theoretically possible to add two leap seconds. There could be a 61. That's in the spec. It's never Whoa, happened. So that, that would be wild, man. Can't we just uh, like make a lot, like put up a bunch of big windmills that will either slow down or speed up the rotation? Oh, they're trying to do that. But right now they can't even power electric vehicles. <laughs> that is the problem, isn't it? So lots of programs that, and this, by the way, is also why if you are a programmer and you find yourself uh tempted somehow to try to code your own date time handling stop use a library something that works preferably something that was built in the 1990s because that's the one that's been tested all this time uh don't you know don't just download some npm package or you're probably going to get malware but d- definitely don't hand code it because you will probably get it wrong when a leap second comes on and that's the problem lots of programs explode when the time is 235960 so Define explode. Well, that, that, that depends. You know, you remember the, the Y2K when yes. uh, all computer systems in the entire world went down? We're all going to die. No, they didn't. But Damn. there were a few isolated glitches and that's what happens. Um, 
more importantly, and this comes actually out of out of Facebook, which is it was I don't even know if Zuck was directly involved, but it was a blog in Facebook. So I say Zuck because Zuck is such a funny word to say. Um, Facebook did have a uh, a problem where they went ahead and tested and they found out that something like 40 percent of their systems, like their log systems, just went down when faced with a, a, a leap second. Now. This is going to be a huge problem because the last time that any leap second was ever added to the calendar was 2012. In fact, um, the, the earth has been, I don't know, speeding up. I, I think I'm slowing down whichever direction it is because there were between 1971 when they introduced the concept to 1998, there were 23 leap seconds added, but there've only been four in the last 20 years. Um, at some point, if this trend continues, they're going to add a negative leap second which will really screw up programmers. <laughs> I'm but sure it all has something to do with global warming. The, the thing that set me off was uh, in, in the Facebook blog post where they called this out, they said uh, that they want to change how the UTC works so that, uh, you know, the, the reason for leap seconds is, is to make it so that uh, midnight local time you know, give or take your, your latitude longitude happens. And the stars are basically at the same place in the sky at each point. So it, it corresponds to where the planet is pointed. So it's like a rotating thing. Yeah. When the planet changes where it's pointed because it's spinning faster or slower, they adjust the clocks. They adjust UTC so that the planet is always pointed roughly in the same direction at midnight each time. That's, that's the point to it. Um, Facebook says, uh, well, this kind of precision is only important for scientists and astronomer, astronomers, and therefore we don't need it. Well, the scientists and astronomers might disagree. They might be the ones saying, well, you know, the making sure that, that every minute has six, exactly 60 seconds is only important to computer systems programmers, and they'd be exactly as right. So what do you do? I think you stay with the system that we've had for a long time because change is always complicated. But Facebook proposed a, a compromise. They want to implement smear seconds. Well, that's certainly a better name. So instead of having one minute that has 61 seconds in it, which screws up a bunch of computers because programmers can't comprehend reading a time spec, Instead, what they want to do is over the course of a day or a week, they want to slow down all digital clocks in the world, just a tiny, tiny fraction, so that at the end of that week, it's been an extra second of real time, but the counter still went exactly to 59 every time. Servo wants to know if those would be sloppy seconds. (laughs) they, They would be. Because my intuition is that trying to do that is going to introduce a hell of a lot more bugs, partly because it's new, it's untested, it's definitely not something that that people are used to, so you'd have to retrain every programmer in the world to work around the problems with that system instead, and because that algorithm is a hell of a lot more complex than just saying, this second goes to 61. Or what if you just ignore it and then turn it off and on again? Well, you know, believe it or not, that's what the vast majority of people who aren't Facebook do right. all the time. I bet on December 31st, 2012, 
You didn't even realize that New Year's Day came one second later than you might have been expecting. Oh, I noticed following your Facebook. Yeah, it felt that way, man. It was it was fucking annoying. (laughs) I know they were like holding off on the fireworks. Like what the uh, yeah. For once. I mean, really, who's got an extra second to spare, man? Exactly. They're wasting all our time. We're going to be a whole second late sooner into the grave. Uh huh. It seems like only something computer people would be worried about. So I brought that story, which is uh, needlessly technical because, well, because fuck Facebook. That is such hubris to say, oh, this time, let's change our entire time system because the one we have, it works well for, for scientists and astronomers, but we'd rather have one that works well for us. So let's change the entire time system of the whole world. Well, it's not like Zuck has a big ego or anything. Yeah, it's the same kind of hubris as like, you know, I'm not really happy with this president, so let's go buy a new one. Right. Well, we, and make sure that he's a zombie. Maybe we can do that. That seems re- realistic. <laughs> that seems, I mean, tell Joe that there's going to be a smear second and see what he says. <laughs> Just, There'd be an answer for it. Or Kamala Harris. He'd, he'd probably get angry and start shouting at a houseplant or something. Maybe. I'm Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm well, wearing a blue the blazer that he shouts at. That could be, that could be. I don't understand it. I don't. Um, uh, Italian court orders Cloudflare to block three torrent sites on its DNS resolver one 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 one. Which I thought this was interesting because this is moving a little further. Where yeah, uh, there was a story a few months ago. Uh, about uh, I don't know if it was Italian court, but it was a court in the EU ordering European ISPs to block three torrent sites. Well, now see the ISPs have been doing that, but the Cloudflare—that's where people go when they want to get by their ISPs yeah. blockage of the. Uh, if if Cloudflare doesn't fight this, there's going to be a lot of people who suddenly lose confidence in their in their resolver. Well, this is all it about the free information concept that you know. You, you can't go to all of the and you, you end up losing business. It's just like Netflix. You know, you put out a shitty product. You don't put out good content. You don't have what people want. People leave. Well, Cloudflare makes money by people using their service, I would guess. So, uh, you know, when that becomes something that is not as good as the next DNS resolver, and there's a lot of them out there. Then yeah, uh, and I'm sure this Italian court is going to decide that they, you know, they deserve to be the world police and order every DNS resolver all around the country. Cloudflare isn't even a European country company. Well, I was going to say, I didn't know it was a country, but if they're, I, no, they're no. big. Google is a European country. Yeah. This again is the concept of, hey, assholes, the internet is not just within your borders. Stop trying to make laws, which is, this is what. Really, you think it's fun to be one of these large companies besides the billions of dollars? There's a lot of headaches. Yeah, but they can afford it. Yeah. Well, they got they can lawyers. Afford entire departments for dealing with bureaucratic headaches. It's like we need I, you to I, block I have very this. little sympathy for, for like the giant companies like Amazon a few years back saying, we need to make sure that sales tax is calculated the same way across all 50 states. So let's introduce a federal law because it's hard having to calculate it 50 different ways. Like, yeah, but you've got enough programmers. You can figure it out. Well, you should be able to anyway. Well, then, then again, you know, if those programmers can't even figure out how to write a date class. <laughs> well, that's also true. Uh, they they've say it's a, a date in their life, a landmark DNS 
blocking injunction. Uh, I, 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 I would like to think that Cloudflare would fight this because that's then again, um, the, the same kind of people who think that you can create a local law and have it take effect all over the Internet happen to be the, the same type of people who are fighting very hard to make it so that we have a one world government where if you make a law, it will affect the whole Internet. And that is the scary part. That would be bad. I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> this was one of the most interesting things I've seen this week, which was a, a torrent freak article that says research suggests software piracy. Suggests. They suggest the researchers are suggesting that software piracy lowers poverty and poverty is bad, right? Uh, you know, my intuition agrees with that, but, uh, <laughs> but the, just starting out with research suggests, and I'm skeptical. Yeah. Well, because, you know, software can be pricey. Do, the do article they at says least do the absolute bare minimum of journalism and link to the research, uh, a new paper published in the Balkan journal of social sciences. And they do have a link. Okay. Okay. So it's not just, it's not like what, what, you know, NYT or, or MSNBC will be in and say sources suggest. Right. Anonymous sources, <laughs> sources close to the matter, say uh, they try to provide some insights into the manner uh, they examine the effect of software piracy on poverty in developing and Latin American economies between 2003 and 2017. And uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, the, the conclusions based on that data quite clear. Higher piracy levels are linked to less poverty. It's consistent and statistically significant for all six poverty indicators. I mean, the the function of a monopoly is to accumulate wealth for the the monopoly holder at the at the expense of everybody else who is is suffering its effects. And piracy is circumventing a monopoly. So you are circumventing uh, the the mechanism that transfers wealth from the many to a monopoly copyright holder. So yeah, that absolutely, the, the, the conclusion makes sense to me. It says, uh, so perhaps software piracy lowers poverty while lower poverty also leads to more piracy. This flywheel effect may explain the significant Wait, results. Lower poverty leads to more piracy. That's what it says. Lower poverty also leads to more piracy, which I mean, I guess like this was the whole funny thing. It's like they say that the uh, the paper doesn't mention the reverse relationship, but it wouldn't be a surprise if it plays a role here. Unfortunately, the researchers didn't respond to our request for comment. <laughs> but, and You know, the scary thing is if you pay attention toward freak are actually some of the better journalists out there in in the current journalism sphere. Yes. And maybe that is a commentary more on what passes for journalism these days than Torrent Freak, but they do a decent job with their their stories. They're generally pretty well researched. Now obviously they're slanted, but everybody is. They do pretty well with their research. They cite sources. They I mean they're better journalism than most of the mainstream these days. It's just Who's going to respond to a comment when somebody says I'm with Torrent Freak? Freak. <laughs> You're with who now? Uh, but it's like, it was a kind of an interesting concept, which, uh, you know, if there's, if there's a very, you know, poor economy, then people are going to steal the software. And if they steal the software, then they get the benefits from the software, I guess. And maybe that's what helps them lower poverty. Cause you know, you need to steal 
Adobe Premiere before you can make your movie and then make money on your movie. I don't know. It was an interesting kind of thing that like we studied this for 15 years and then decided this. Could all just be bullshit. I don't know. It usually is. But this is, you know, the interesting stuff people look at the this was kind of tied into the fact that. uh, Also on Torrent Freak, 127 Russian cinemas are resorting to piracy. Movie boss says. I don't blame them. I mean, I think you get everything you need out of the uh, rarely out of the title. But here I think you do that. What happened when the West went, ha ha, Russia, we're not going to send you top gun, you motherfuckers. Russia was like, like imagine yep. that there's still demand. <laughs> You're right. There's still demand. And Russia's like, well, Pirate Bay. I mean, yeah. we could still show the movie. We're still I mean, even. Even uh, Roskomnadzor, I've, I've never got that name right. Uh, the the Russian copyright information gulag agency, uh, the their Ministry of Truth. E- even that agency has been sitting here going, well, you know, it's kind of our job to enforce copyrights, but right now we're not going to enforce copyrights as much. I mean, they're not coming out and saying that, but that's kind of the indication they're giving. Well, and in this case. When you have Hollywood that went, fuck you, Russia, we're not allowing you to play our movies. Well, who does Hollywood go to when Russia starts pirating their movies? They go to the Russian government like, hey, you're pirating. Your uh, people are pirating our movies to which the Russian government says, go fuck yeah. yourself. And? Right. And thank you for that. You know, uh, <laughs> they're great movies. Thank you very much for movies. Yes. I don't understand, yes. you know, what What did you think was going to happen when you're, you know, and this was, I, I don't know what the poor people that owned movie theaters in Russia did to fucking Hollywood, but it's like, you knew what you were doing when you decided to go, we're not going to license you the movies anymore. You knew that you were going to, that that was a majority. I think it, the article said like 80% of what's shown in Russia was, you know, American movies and content that was just dubbed, obviously, but. It's not like there was a huge Russian movie, you know. You, you know, we need to get off of this topic because we're dangerously close to carrying water for Putin. No, we wouldn't want to do that. But I tell you, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? So they're pirate. Who are you going to go to? This again, this is where the there are different laws in different parts of the country. Uh, Brittany Griner, WNBA stars, really seeing that is in she, Russia. Is she still there? Yes. Like the. The, the whole, oh, I broke the law, but now I don't want to deal with the consequences. Yeah. How millennial of her. Very. And uh, well, this was. This was where the story, I think she made a big, big mistake because she admitted that she did it. And rather than say, you know, I'm a moron, I totally forgot. It was, oh, I use this for pain. That was the worst thing to say because you're now admitting to breaking the yeah, law. That's not legal right. where she is. Right. So it's like I that mean, was here, idiotic. Here's, here's what's legal. Either go there and use something else for pain or don't go there. Yes. So ignorant. I mean, ignorance of the law wouldn't have worked either, but I would have just gone with, you know what? It was accidental. I didn't mean to put those cartridges in with the other non marijuana cartridges. And that this was just a mistake. I did not mean to offend. Once you say I need it for pain, it says, yeah, I was trying to smuggle these in assholes. Yeah, really not the thing to do. I mean, I think you kind of have to say uh, you were guilty 
because they got them. My experience with the people enforcing border controls is that they don't tend to have much of a sense of humor about such things. No, no, that's uh, and I, I was just trying to smuggle chocolate bars in from Canada. But man, <laughs> I got the third degree on that one. And they won't even let the Canadians in yet if they don't got the jab. Yeah, well, I have not made any attempt to cross that border in the last two years. I had a little advice for those folks with that was uh, just go to Mexico and then walk right over the southern border. Yeah, there's no problem down there. It's like, why are we keeping the Canadians out? Why do we hate Canadians? You might even get a free bus ride to Washington, D.C. Probably. They they might fly you first class. What do you mean bus ride? But I don't get it. That it's like, oh, no, you're Canadian. No, you're, you're not jabbed. You can't come in. But oh, you're from Honduras. Come on in. You're El Salvador. Come on in. It doesn't matter. Just walk across the border. We're not stopping anybody. Oh, the Canadians? Oh, fucking stop them people. Now, now, it's not nice to look for consistency or hypocrisy. Hypocriticism. Yeah, I like the hypocrisy. Amongst ideologues. Hippiological. It's not polite. We don't want to be hippiological. Yes. I mean, maybe a lot of the people from Mexico should just go in through Canada. We don't, we don't want to be illogical hippies. No, we do not. We do not want that. I don't know. The country's going to hell. Yeah. That's why people listen to us. Maybe. I mean, we have no donors, but we do have one uh, booster cramp. So I guess there's the head. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad that the, that the economic downturn is sparing podcasting. No, it is not. It is not. It is not. Uh, but it was Boobery that comes in with 17,776 Satoshis, which I guess is very patriotic or something and uh he says pewless shows got you down yeah see he wants to pew 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 he wants a lot of that going on yeah i i'll do it manually pew 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 okay, and that's I, all we need and i did count it was only just a matter of a couple of seconds when i sent a boostagram into adam curry and dave jones at podcasting 2.0 to hear the pew pew so it's like I yeah believe that it's like damn it's that's quick uh but and, boop, and- what were they talking about when you did it? Uh, Dave you didn't remember, remember. Or did you only remember the pew pew? I only remember the pew pew, man. I wanted, I wanted yeah, to hear because, the pew pews. Because your pew pews were detracting from the content of the show. Pew 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 pew. Boobery says, come be a part of the slaughter every come. Monday night. What? I don't know. What not that. even breathing hard. I know. Be a part of the slaughter every Monday night where you, all caps, the producer can murder a goat. For the low, low, low price of six thousand six hundred and sixty six six thousand six 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 sats. That's a lot of sixes, Boobery. Um you can murder a goat. What goes on on uh, on these shows? You know, I mean I don't listen to Boobery. I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a gimp and uh I, I'm sorry, there's lavish and I, I I'm not sure. Tune in live. 9.30 p.m. Central at badradio.live for Behind Apparently the Screens. We're, we're in the advertising segment of Grumpy Old Ben's. We're now carrying water for Behind the Schemes. For Boo, yeah. And the blood will flow in the green room. We have the scissors, but you are responsible for bringing your own raincoat. I think that's some kind of weird code. Yeah, for, I'm certain it's code. Yeah, I don't. I, did we just, did we just uh, activate a sleeper cell? Did we? I hope so. <laughs> going, if we did, send video. Yeah. I want to see it. Boobery's house just got hit. Ooh, wrong sleeper cell. Although, yeah, apparently you nailed it, according to Booberry in the troll room. So, 
And uh, congratulations. Net Ned says, fuck George Lucas with a boost of gram of 3369. Maybe he really wants to with a 69. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not asking. I don't want to know. I think my node needs time to catch up because all I've got is a bunch of boost pew pew from Harry Pilgrim. Oh, well, Harry Pilgrim, thanks for the boosting of the pew pew of the uh, angry tech news via fountain. And if you want to support this little show, you go to grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. That's the place you want to be. Get in on a monthly subscription. Where you too can be pewless in Seattle. How's the weather doing? Are you, are you sweating yet? Hey, of course I am. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were sweating at the start. But yes. are, you, are you hydrating? I mean, are you, you have like uh, in NASCAR, they bring like ice packs that you have. You can put into special pockets on a special yeah, got- suit. I've got my iced tea next to me, um, and uh, if we get closer to the end of this show, I'm probably adding liquor to it, which is not great for the hydrating, but definitely improves my mood. Yeah, it brings that brings the mood right up, and uh, maybe you just need like uh, you know a suit that you can tack some like a uh, just imagine water cooling your CPU. Just do that to yourself. Just a nice suit with little tubes that you could run ice water through. I don't even need a suit. I have a special room in my house where I can go in and water comes out of the ceiling. Whoa. Falls all over me and then disappears into a hole in the floor. Wow. That's weird. It's it's what we refer to as modern technology. We don't have AC, but I've got this magic room of water. And you actually probably utilize that a few times when it's 90 in Seattle. It does happen when you you turn it on and you're like not waiting for this to warm up. I mean, the, oh, the beauty of the thing is it's like for like one brief second, you're like, ah, that's cold. Ah, that felt good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not going <laughs> to die for another 20 minutes. So uh, I have got uh, a couple of crypto stories. Oh, or I've got the Uncap America Act. Oh, see, I don't know what the Uncap America Act is. I mean, I know what crypto uh, this, is. This is a proposed act from uh Ben Ray Lujan, a senator from New Mexico, and Cory Booker, a senator from the depths of hell. Yeah. Um, The proposal for this act is that it wants to ban Internet data caps. Uh, They say, uh, according to the text of the bill, quote, a broadband Internet access service provider shall not impose a data cap except when tailored primarily for the purpose of reasonable network management or managing network congestion. So first of all, um, that's a loophole you can drive a truck through because who the hell can prove whether somebody was capped at one terabyte because they were completely blasting their entire node or was capped because you just didn't want to keep serving them data. Are data caps that big of a deal? I mean, I know I had to get the, uh, the comcast modem to they definitely are on mobile okay like if your main internet is a mobile which given given the expanse of the need for broadband the the demand for broadband is incredibly increasing all over the place and there are still places especially around here um in fact what two weeks ago i brought a story of a person in seattle who comcast would not hook them up right and it was only like a few feet away (laughs) yeah like, thanks and, a lot. Um, I, you know, I understand the company's point of view. And I also understand why he would be annoyed. But the option there, the only option for getting broadband when the cable monopoly will not come hook you up is mobile. And mobile has got some really egregious data caps still. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Or they charge you a lot of money if you want on even the unlimited is not unlimited, which is one thing I think they need to take care of, because even on the unlimited plans, it's like, well, but if you hit 30 uh, terabytes or gigabytes, whatever it is, um, then they're like, well, then we're going to slow you down to a trickle. So this act is uh, I'm not going to say there isn't any harm to what they're they're proposing to try to remedy Um, there. There is. Broad, wait, newsflash, ISPs are greedy. No way. Yeah. And um, there, I, they, uh, the article that I got, Ars Technica, which I, I hate going there, but they have news. Um, they point out a bunch of studies, even some that I didn't know about, that indicate that uh, in a lot of cases, most data caps are not needed for technical reasons. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of these studies or anecdotes are based on when the data cap fails and nothing else does. Um, there was also a leak from a, a former Comcast employee, this one from 27 or 2015, um, who apparently did a big expose. I missed this one too. So I don't know. Maybe ours Technica made all this up because I didn't see it back in the day. But well, maybe they rewrote saying, it. Saying there is absolutely no technical reason why you would need a data cap that the system is completely intact. Now, I honestly believe that there are parts of an ISP system, which is a horribly complex, gigantic network. There are going to be places where uh, too much data will make things fall over because the system is complex enough. Of course, that's going to be. But the vast, vast majority of users like you have you have uh, your Doxis three cable into your house. There's really not a good way, not really a way that you can use enough data to strain this thing unless you are, you know, streaming full blast 24 seven. Well, and even, even if then, you are the system can handle a couple right. of people doing that. Well, that's the case. The case is, are the speeds that they're selling you? Should you have access to them nonstop? Should you have that size pipe nonstop? And I, so I, I guess the. The, the information that I read that Ars Technica pointed out was that, um, well, first of all, they they're, they just started their point with, well, of course, somebody, you know, somebody who has a, a gigabyte line can stream one gigabyte 24-7 and it won't even harm the network. And then they kind of left it there. And I believe that that's probably true. But if 10 people do it, will it harm the network? If 100 people or 1,000 people all stream one terabyte or, you know, one gigabyte 24-7, some point yes you're going to start oversaturating your midstream pipes i mean people don't do that and that well, anyway, it depends where the bottleneck I, shows up it does i guess the thing that bugs me the most is if you eliminate caps altogether you change the incentive structure and changing incentives is is in fact how you get changes in behavior so right now people are not overloading the data pipes but if you make it so there's absolutely no incentive to ever care about how many gigabytes you use, like individual users, one user does it here or there, one person downloading the entire contents of the Disney Plus, probably not going to, it's going to be a drop in the bucket for the big ISPs. But if you change the incentives and now a thousand people are doing it and you're going to get congestion. Um, a related story uh, is Starlink which is one of the other things that people turn to when the big cable companies are not servicing an area. Save us, Elon. 
Starlink is experiencing uh, record new user signups and uh, peak congestion issues on their network. No way. Uh, They are talking about needing to put up more satellites. Well, of course, get them satellites up in the air, man. Uh, So if if you and it's not even the individual user, because there's only so many times you're going to download a web page from the verge at at 10 gigabytes a pop or mega megabytes. Well, it all, but, yeah, it all depends on uh, what, what, how much data are people using in a month. Here, here's where changing the incentives are going to be a real problem is right now. Um, if somebody is hitting their data cap over and over again because they're using an app, they bitch to the author of the app. And if the author is conscientious, they might adjust the algorithm to maybe not download so damn much data. But if there's no incentive whatsoever, then developers have no incentive to bother with, uh, with trying to save data and apps will start using more data. It it is absolutely necessary and, and going to happen that if you make it so that there's absolutely no downside to using all the data in the world, I mean, this happened in 2002. Yeah. Then people will use all the data in the world. That's how we got data caps in the first place. I could use more. I'm just looking. No. Uh, I mean, that's why I got you, the yeah, thing. You would use more. <laughs> for the unlimited. Uh, if the incentives changed, you would use more. I mean, I'm still using enough. Cause I think a terabyte is the, is still the normal cutoff. I believe for Xfinity, unless that's been up. And but, I'm not even saying you're wrong that, you know, According to uh, Cory Booker and Ray Lujan's uh, act, their their legislation, which, by the way, probably won't pass, but they they submitted it, says the pandemic has proven that data, data caps are rarely necessary as an economic matter, often operating as a roundabout way for providers to increase prices. Well, and well, to charge people for that, using a service, right? That's well, uh, well I don't disagree that providers are gouging people based on data caps because they're greedy corporations at the same time. How has the pandemic proven that data caps are not an economic matter? There was a lot of congestion when everybody went to zoom. Well, most of the uh, mobile devices turned off the data caps. I think uh, Xfinity did on their wired as well. And the world didn't fall apart is maybe what they're pointing out. But I'm looking here in April, I used 1430 gig. In May, 1,407 gig. In June, 1,425 gig. And <laughs> at uh, 1,014 this month. I'm, I'm really a few hundred gig behind, so I have to... Uh, yeah, get on it. I have to catch me up. But, uh, you know, you're using it because you got it, you know, for one. Uh, everything that is in the streaming video world is taking more and more bandwidth. And if... You can do all of the YouTube videos and TikTok videos and everything else that are constantly streaming and the internet hasn't broke. Yeah, I I think the data caps are questionable. I do give companies like Xfinity a little bit of leeway because I've got Xfinity cell phones. I think we have five or six numbers and I pay like 45 bucks for all of them together for a month. Because I don't use data and they, they allow you to have packages where you don't use the data. So, of course, if you want to use all the data, you should pay more than the people who don't use any of the data. And that is that is absolutely a, a valid argument to make. The the people who are causing the congestion, maybe they're the ones who should pay to. But I don't know. Well, that's always I, been I, the way it was. And it's like for most people, if you want to be a massive user, and this was always the, you know, the interesting argument, which was. 
Well, if you're going to start charging people more to use over a terabyte a month or whatever your level is, then what about the little old lady who does nothing but check her email and uses like 50 meg a month? And shouldn't you give her a refund? Because you're charging her way too much. If- no, 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 no. These companies don't do refunds. <laughs> right. See? But it's like, it doesn't make sense that you're charging the person using next to no data into the one that's right below a terabyte the same amount of money. And, and, and just to be clear, that is pretty kind. I mean, they don't give refunds, of course. If if you if you sign up for a, a $100 a month broadband plan, that's uh, that, I think that's how much they charge for their basic. I don't know. I, I haven't priced it in a while, but they're never going to refund you if you only use 10 bytes of data that month or, or like if, if you just leave home, if you, you know, if you have uh, your setup hooked to your summer home and you don't visit there for three months, they're not going to give you any money back because no, they're, they're greedy, of course, but they do charge people who go over the caps. So that's already what happens. And that is kind of what you're proposing is the people who use a ton of data pay more money. It makes now, sense. Could, could they, could they maybe be less gougy? Yeah, yes. I yeah. think so. Yeah. But, but that's kind of like, once you get into the realm of people using a ton of data, way over, way, way over the average, that's kind of what happens. You get charged by the gigabyte. Now, even those prices are predatory, like, uh, especially on mobile. If you go, you know, what, what is it? It's something like $15 a gigabyte or, uh, to go over. Well, it's crazy. I mean, because a lot of them now, there is no overage charge. They just slow you down to like 150 kilobits per second. Well, according to Ben Ray Lujan and Cory Booker, um, there is absolutely no technical reason why anybody would ever put a data cap on. And even overages charges are uh, people might not realize that they're using a lot of bandwidth and be really surprised at the end of the month when their bill skyrockets and we can't have that. And I'm like, that's commerce, you dumbass. Yeah. How much Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi, how much uh, cell data is there bandwidth wise in busy cities, you know, things like that. It's like, uh, I mean, I remember going to events. I mean, granted, this was a few years ago where there were enough people at one event that it was hard to get a uh, cell line out. Because they were just yeah. the, you know, the, the one tower that was close was overloaded. So, I mean, I understand there's a lot more need for this in the wi- wireless realm. And I think 5G has made this shit worse because every G actually gives you less amount of bandwidth to play with. Go, oh, it's faster, but it only yeah. goes so far. You know, you don't have as much of a range of coverage. Many, many, many years ago, I was, uh, I was on the streets of downtown Seattle. Oh God. The, when, well, yeah, it wasn't that bad many years ago. It was still, a, it, it, well, it was Seattle, but it wasn't Seattle. Right. It wasn't but what it is today. There was a, a minor earthquake, maybe, you know, four point something. Uh, it was enough to feel and, and a bunch of the stuff rattled and everything. And uh, I was, it was with my, my wife and she said, uh, you know, are you okay? Yeah. Um, you know, should we, should we call somebody? I was like, no. And I took my phone out and I just shut it off. I'm like, I'm not going to get a cell for the next three hours. There's no way. Cause everybody's going to be pounding. Everybody's going to be on it. Yeah. And that is a downfall of that kind of technology. But you know, this concept that everybody should get everything for free or for next to nothing. Some companies are gouging and some are assholes, but the government doesn't know. I mean, the government's the yeah. ultimate company that's gouging you. 
So I, if the I fucking like government I'm, wasn't taking the income tax that they are from me, I could pay no, that's twice. Not, that's not no, that's not gouging. <laughs> that's outright theft. Yeah, there's there's a difference. If they're they weren't, not, they're not offering you any services for that. Without them taking. stealing that, imagine the amount of bandwidth I can afford. Yeah. So this Uncap America Act, I feel like I've been kind of ranting both sides of it because yes, the broadband companies are gouging people, and yes, of course they're evil capitalists, but at the same time, this act feels like price controls and there's no possible way it would ever be implemented without some massive unintended consequences. And I don't even want to know what they are. I just feel like it. it, it, And the one thing I'll give the wireless providers is they're spending a lot of money to roll out all of the equipment needed to have the coverage. It's not like uh, Xfinity. They ran a cable to my house like 20 years ago. They ain't really done dick all since. Oh, yeah. They've been putting up cancer towers all over the place. <laughs> right. That's why I'm covering the roof in uh, tinfoil and uh, block yes. that shit from coming in, man. Yeah, I can't have that. Nope. Actually, you don't need tinfoil. A, a, a wire mesh will work just fine. Like, Ooh, Faraday know, chicken, wire, chicken fences or something. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Then Wait, look no, cool this too. is millimeter wave. You need you need a small mesh. Oh, okay. So not like uh, chicken wire. We need uh, something so, that would look cool yeah. like chain mail. Oh, and by the way, just in case you thought that there was any chance that it would benefit or or be implemented correctly, uh, the Uncap America Act also leaves it entirely to the FCC to define what a data cap is and what any exceptions are to it. <laughs> Congratulations. Your law does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but they get to virtue signal, and that's important. Well, you know, it's really important to get broadband out into the middle of uh, Wyoming where nobody lives. Well, I think it's important to get internet out there. Very Elon's important. doing it. Yeah. Well, the, uh, his concept is actually really cool with the satellites. Just understand you're going to have a little bit of lag. Yeah, but not as much as you'd think uh, The you know, the main reason why satellite is the satellite internet has always had so much latency is because it's geosync. It uses geosynchronous satellites which are really far away to be geosynchronous. They have to be like 20,000 miles out. And the speed of light is a real thing at that distance. It takes, I I think a round trip to a geosynchronous satellite and back is something like 180 milliseconds. It's, it's pretty, pretty bad for latency. Uh, The Starlink satellites are much, much lower, which is why they're always zooming across the sky because the lower you are, the faster you go in orbit, but much lower means that, lower latency now are they gonna have the latency of uh the fiber optic or cable signal no doubtful we'll see no they are not what is our latency but right here today oh the I, concept i'm sorry the starlink I, concept is really awesome i hit the wrong I button just, i hit the wrong button there and muted you for like you one brief me? second yeah I are you phone boying me <laughs> i'm phone boying you um <gasps> it looks we like quit the show before we're oh yeah yeah the, well round trip 70 milliseconds uh to from Seattle to Chirac, that's what we got. So it's about twice that going into space, which yeah. isn't horrible. Well, no, that's you know which, what that would is, be. That's a round trip. So we're talking thirty milliseconds. You're talking about five times that if you're about one eighty, five or six which times. Is fine if you're sending and receiving email or IRC, but not so good for Twitch gaming. Yeah, for the gaming's not going to do it. For podcasting, not going to do it. Unless you like well, a lot of long pauses. will sound like rare encounter. Oh, well, nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So, I mean, 
you need another cold shower there. Uh, you need to add a little I alcohol. I do. How do you usually end these shows? I usually just press the button, but I usually say, I usually say something first though. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. I mean, otherwise it's fun just to hit the button and I, be like, Oh, we're doing unless, unless you got more stories to roll. No, no, nothing. That is uh nothing. That is essential. I mean, we're, we're hitting right on the schmods here, man. We're hitting right about the okay. two hour mark. Well, we definitely need to quit now because my wife just brought me lunch. Oh, well, lunch. Is it something? Well, something cold. I hope not like a hot soup. I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't opened it yet. I'm not going to hot soup and hot chocolate. You, with, you don't want to hear me eating into the microphone. Oh, AMSR. We can do that after the show. But with that said, we will be back next Wednesday. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the AC is cranking so hard. I think there's icicles forming in here. And from America Left Coast, where bootleg copies of unmodified copies of Stranger Things Season 4 are my exit strategy. I'm Ryan Bambros.